You know, there's going to come a day that we will all see God face to face. I mean, can you imagine that moment? Every one of us, we're going to see God face to face. And, and that's going to be a day that we understand things fully. And um, One of the greatest teachers in my life wrote this. When God asked me to believe something that's beyond belief, I decide if I'll trust my five senses or have enough sense to believe in him. And, uh, you know, um, it's interesting because I know a lot of people that believe in science and they put their trust in science. But the reality is God came to this earth in a miraculous way. The dictionary defines miracle as this, an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. And, you know, it's interesting as you think about, we're starting a new series over the Christmas season of, call it the songs of the season. And I love Christmas songs. I love that song, Mary, Did You Know? Uh, because it's such a, an amazing picture of, of the moment that Mary had the news. That the, the Savior, that, I mean, the, a prophet hadn't spoken in over 400 years. And then an angel comes to Mary and says, a Savior's coming and, and you're going to give birth to this child. The Savior is entering the world in a miraculous way. Mary, you are with child. And Mary's processing this, this young girl. And it was a miracle. And when I think about the reality of, of, of Jesus coming in such a, a, a miraculous way, it makes sense to me because even today as I prepare to preach, I, I, I am often mindful of my own sin. <laughs> like, why, why are you getting up to preach? Who are you to preach? Nobody. Someone that's been forgiven. And I look at my own sin and I think about the struggles that I deal with in my own life. And, and it, I, look, my forgiveness is, or my sin is so devastating. I needed a miracle. We needed a miracle because forgiveness demands a miracle. Our, our sin is so great, it demanded a miracle. And Jesus came in this miraculous way. God came in this miraculous way. And if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 1 is where we are. And Luke um, uh, was, was one of these guys who was convinced. He was convinced that Jesus was who he said he was. Excuse me. He was convinced Jesus is who he said he is. Let me get my grammar correct. Because we just sang that song, The Great I Am. Okay, that defies English uh, because he, uh, Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he is. He re God revealed his name to us as I am. And Luke was one of these guys who was convinced. And, and you know, the truth is some of you may be here today and you're not convinced that Jesus is who he said he is. And, and if, I, if I can do my, my best today as an ambassador for Christ, I want to do that. I want to be the best ambassador I can today. And, and, and you know, when, when you think about Jesus and, the, and, the, and the, the veracity of this claim that God uh, came into the world, that Jesus was born of a virgin, that, that's, a, that's a massive claim. 
it demands that we think about it and we, we encounter it because if, if all this is true, if Jesus did come born of a virgin, that, that's outside of nature, that's outside of our ability to explain or understand, it's, it defies everything we know to be true or normal. It was a miracle. A miracle defies what our human understanding can explain. And, 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 you know, it's interesting, Luke was convinced about this. And, and, and I can see Luke, Luke was a doctor. He, was, he wrote this orderly account, Luke 1 talks about. This, he, he is, he, he, and, I, and I believe there, there's some debate on this theologically or, uh, that, that who is Theophilus, the guy that Luke is addressing his book to. Uh, I, I think it's one of Luke's friends that he is working to persuade He's, he's wanting his friend to know about Jesus. And what God was doing in the life of Luke is that he was uh, accomplishing 2 Timothy 3.16 where, where it says that, that God's uh, word is, in, is, is he's breathing. God is breathing his word into Luke. And out of Luke comes this supernaturally, divinely inspired word, letter. To Theophilus, and Theophilus is, is I, I believe, one of Luke's friends. And, the, and Luke is saying, Theophilus, I want you to know this. I want you to know Jesus, and, and I want you to see who he is. And, and what's interesting about Luke's writings, he, he literally wrote a third of the New Testament. If you look at the book of Luke and, and the book of Acts, that, that's actually uh, a third of the entire New Testament. That's who's writing here. And, and in summary, if you're going to summarize Luke's writing, Luke wrote the history of God's plan to save sinners. Save them from eternal hell and the coming of his son, Jesus, to earth. Who He was born and he died and he rose again from the dead. And, and truthfully, that's the greatest story ever told. So over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the songs of the season. And out of these, out of scripture, it's a beautiful because, because you know, the, the Christmas inspire songs and 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 we write songs and 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 people have written the songs like joy to the world and uh, mary did you know and all the famous Christ, christmas songs that we know but 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 there were christmas songs written before all those were written and and, and today we're going to look at mary's song mary wrote a song and we get to see it in the pages of Scripture, and that's where we're going to be today. And, and, and when you think about the, this, this, this moment, the bigness of this moment, that this little girl, Mary, who was, um, you know, she was young. And in and, and, and Luke 1, we, we see that, that, that six months into, into Elizabeth's pregnancy, I mean, they were, Elizabeth was in seclusion, and, and, and Zacharias, he couldn't speak. I mean, he couldn't talk. And so God, in his wisdom, reveals to Mary, uh, hey, look, you're with child. And Mary's like, well, what do I do? In the sixth month, Gabriel comes to, to Mary, and, 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 and look at verse 19 in chapter 1. Gabriel is identified as the one who spoke to Zacharias. He's this special angel. In, in Scripture, only two angels are, are mentioned by name. There, there are countless numbers of angels that, that, that are in the world that, that God made and God created, but we only know the names of two of them. Can you imagine heaven getting to, to unveil the, the, the depth of the story of the angels, how they work, how, how, how they are uh, in that spiritual battle in the world? Man, that, that's going to take, 
I don't know if you can measure the time to, to get all those stories. But, but in Scripture, we only know about two of those angels. Michael, who's associated with power and strength, this kind of super angel, if you will, and Gabriel, the messenger. And he's the one that, that brings so many good messages. I think about, it's probably Gabriel that delivered the message in Daniel 9. And, and then Gabriel's the one that comes to Mary. And, and in, in Nazareth, this small town, this nowheresville, it'd be like the equivalent of Godibo, Oklahoma. Have you ever, you ever heard of Godibo, Oklahoma? Anybody ever, I preached in Godibo, Oklahoma. It's in western Oklahoma, and I got to preach when I was a, a freshman in college at, at the Baptist church in Godibo. Anybody ever been there? All right. Four people. You got to be going there if you're going to Godibo. You don't happen to go, oh, I just have, hey, here's Godibo. It's, you got to go there. It's kind of like Nazareth, Nazareth. And Mary, a virgin, engaged to a man, verse 27, engaged to a man who was Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. That virgin, that word virgin means virgin, hadn't been with a man. And now this virgin is with child. This is quite difficult for Mary, scandalous to Mary. But um, Mary was this likely girl of 12 or 13. Engaged to a man, that wasn't uncommon in, in these days. And, 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 and this betrothal is more than in, an engagement. It was this, this period of time that, that, a, that a woman would prove her faithfulness. Uh, and, a, and a man would go prepare for, for his wife. And, and it was considered almost as, as significant as a, as a wedding, as a marriage. And this is a, a moment And look at verse 28, and coming in, the angel said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. That's pretty big. It's pretty important. Because when you look at what Mary was about to face, let me tell you something, the Lord needed to be with her. She needed the Lord. And the Lord was with her. And, you know, I think that's big. She needed to understand she wasn't going to be alone, and he was with her. And then look at verse 39. It's where we're picking up today. Imagine this young girl wrestling with this news, knowing, i got to tell Joseph. How do I tell Joseph this? What am I going to do? Lord, I, I, um, Okay, I believe you. What's interesting about Mary, when, when Gabriel shows up to her, this little girl is quite brave. Because most of the people that, when an angel shows up, what do they say? Uh, don't be afraid. Hey, relax. You can clean that up later, uh, maybe. Um, uh, that was a joke. Uh, you'll get it later, maybe. Um, but, uh, but Mary was brave. The angel said to her, you're going to be with child. And she's like, Okay, all right. So, so what did she do in verse 39? She, she, she went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was her cousin, relative. And, and she, she greeted her. And, and, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, look at this, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now I, my wife, I, I got to watch her um, 
in three pregnancies with my, 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 in my, our lives, in our journey of marriage, and, and I've learned very quickly not to say, honey, I understand, okay? Anybody ever make that mistake? You guys uh, make that mistake when you look at your wife and say, honey, I understand. You don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. You know, everybody looks at Robin and says, oh, she smiles so much. And I'm like, yeah, it's because she's married to me. Uh, that's what I always tell people. But, but the truth is I've made her not smile, and one of those times was when I made that comment. So I'm not going to say to you ladies, I understand what it feels like to have something leap within your womb. You ladies, you can relate to that a little more than we can. But imagine that. Here is Mary, as soon as she greets Elizabeth, John in her womb leaps. Leaps. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. As you read this passage, you, you can't read it without knowing, noticing the, the three people mentioned here who are overflowing with joy. Now, we're going to look at, over the next few weeks, several songs of the season. Uh, today, we're going to look at Mary's song, and, and, and next week, we're going to look at Zachariah's song. Zachariah wrote a song, and, and, and then we're going to look at these shepherd's songs. And then on Christmas Eve, I'm really thankful uh, and looking forward to Christmas Eve because we're going to look at Simeon's song. And I do want to encourage you to, to invite somebody that, that may be skeptical or that doesn't know the Lord. If you have family for Christmas Eve, bring them because um, Simeon's song is this song that we often overlook at the Christmas season. But, but it's so very important. And it, and, it, and it reveals such an important gospel message for us. So I can tell you this. If you bring a, an unchurched friend to Christmas Eve, they will hear the gospel clearly through Simeon's song. But, but you can't, uh, point number one, if you're following in your, in your notes, you, you see here that joy is the best way to summarize the Christmas season. Like, like joy, Mary is filled with joy. Look, look at this. John leaped in Elizabeth's womb at the greeting of Mary. And, and, and I don't know what that was like, but, but oh my goodness, to, to know that was a leap of joy. You know, th there's a difference between, I would guess, than a leap of, of I'm hungry or a leap of, uh, you know, you ate something you shouldn't have eaten, Mom. Uh, or, I mean, I remember when Robin was pregnant with Emily and, and, and she ate jalapeno poppers from Sonic. I'm not sure you should ever eat those, ever. But, but it wasn't agreeable with Emily. But see, this is a different kind of leap. It's a leap for joy. Look at this. The, uh, she was, the, the baby leaped within her womb. Then, then look what Elizabeth did. Uh, the joy is this, this outflow. Elizabeth exclaimed, with a loud cry in the presence of Jesus. Look what she says. And Elizabeth, 
was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry. It's almost like Elizabeth writes a little song here, a little chorus, if you will. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Look at all this. It's just coming out of them. Blessed are you, Mary. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, look at all this, this, this joy that's just <clears throat> exploding out. I mean, we didn't plan this today, but, but as I, I just, we just got to see that with Joe. I mean, I mean joy was coming out of him today. And, and, and you know, this is what's going on here with, with, with Elizabeth. And she's like, the mother of my Lord is coming to me. You know, they had already uh, had this moment of miracle the, that Elizabeth was pregnant. She was older, and we'll get into their story a little bit next week. But, but for, then she says, verse 44, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then she says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was, suppo- of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You know, blessed that, that, that we believe, when we believe that, God, you will do what you say. I mean, think about us. I mean, blessed are us when, when we take God at his word. I mean, this is why I want to be a people that say, God, we will take you at your word. We will believe you. We'll trust you. You know, in good times and bad, when, when we'll trust you with difficult circumstances. I mean, there, there, there's going to be a day we all get that news that, hey, my time is short. And I pray that we are of such people of faith that we're like Mary that says, Lord, we believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I love this. Joy is the best way to summarize this, Christ, this Christmas season. Look at, I want you to notice too, um, Mary was compelled to sing this song. And do you know where this song comes from? This song comes from Scripture. Mary is compelled to sing this song from Scripture, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And here she is in, in, in this moment of, of, of incredible trial. I mean, think about this. She's got this news that, that she is a virgin, going to be with, going to have a baby. She's got to go tell Joseph. How does she do that? How does she embrace this? And what does she say? My soul magnifies the Lord. Wow. That's an amazing lesson for us. Because sometimes, what, what do we do in our moments of trial? God, where are you? God, what, what, how are we, I can't do this. But what does she say? No, my soul magnifies the Lord. Let, let's, let's do that the next time a trial comes like this. Next time a, a, a difficulty comes, hey, I'm going to magnify the Lord. Turn my face to the Lord. Joy is what happened. But, you know, I, I do think it's important to notice that, that the song, the Magnificat, is what we're going to look at next. And this song that Mary, Mary sings, and, and, and it comes from Scripture. 
that comes from different psalms and, and specifically in, 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 in the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. We're not going to look at that today, but I want you to write that down because Mary's song that she's about, that's about to come out of her mouth, it comes from Scripture. Now, this is very important. I don't want us to overlook that because we see that Mary was, was already hiding God's word in her heart before she even went through a trial, before she even went through this moment. You see this evidence that God's word was already in her heart. And this shows us the importance of being the word of God. Like Psalm 119, 9 through 11. You know that, you ought to memorize this verse. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, it says this, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. And see, Mary was already in this practice of knowing what the Old Testament said. And so then out of that, in the midst of the trial, what comes out? Scripture. And it's beautiful. And, and it's, it's important to recognize this. Now, in your Bibles, it probably says in, in Luke 1.46, it says the Magnificat. And now where we get that, that's the Latin version of Luke 1.46. It's been, it's been famous all through church history. They called it the Magnificat. And, 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 and you know, Mary's, there's so many important things here because in the church, what we have, the, some of the mistakes we've made, we've worshipped Mary rather than God. Even in Colombia, I was in Colombia this summer. With we're, we're we're starting a mission work in Colombia with our church, and we're adopting a people group that has no access to the gospel. Our church is adopting this group. And when I was in this little town in Ortega, Colombia, it's kind of like Nazareth. You got to be going there. There, it was really odd that white people were there. We were down in the central square, and 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 this guy comes up to me, and and I I, I know enough Spanish to get in trouble probably, but, but, but I, I was speaking to him in Spanish, practicing my Spanish. And, uh, and, and so we were having this conversation, and I'm, I'm trying to understand him, and he says, now, now you worship Mary, right? Now, now you worship Mary. I go, no, I don't. And that, that kind of caused a little tension with this. He's like, no, you you got to worship Mary. I go, no, 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 I don't. And the reason I don't worship Mary is because right here, what is Mary doing? Mary is saying, I, my soul, magnifies the Lord. She's worshiping the Lord. Mary is talk, worshiping the Lord, her Savior. See, Mary is not to be worshipped. Now, we should have respect for Mary, but, but, but the reality is this song, point number two is this, Mary's joy reveals the omniscient, and omnipotent works of God. Now, now you, you know those words, right? I think they're on the screen. Yeah, the omniscient and omnipotent works of God. Now, that's, those are big words. Those are important words for us. The omniscient work of God. What is omniscience? It, it, it's the idea that God knows everything past, present, and future. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. And, and so Mary's prayer, Mary's song here reveals the omniscient works of God. It also reveals the omnipotent works of God. What, is, what does omnipotent mean? That God is all-powerful. And, and her song reveals this. Let's look at this. 
first thing it says, God has brought salvation to us. Mary says, look, verse 40, 47, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And this is the joy of Christmas. God is bringing salvation to the world. This is why we, we, we are so joyful, because we have been saved, and, 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 and I couldn't save myself. And Mary is making this pro- proclamation, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Oh, I want you to be able to say that he is your Savior. Has, has, that, has that been a moment in your life that Jesus has saved you? He, you? You have been forgiven. Your sins have been washed away. See, we were born in need of a Savior. And, and Mary rejoices. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He all, it also reveals that God is mindful of us. Think about this. The God of all creation is mindful of you and me. Verse verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And we do call her blessed. But think about what this reveals about God. God has looked upon us. God has been mindful of us. Isn't that amazing? The God of all creation who has the power to speak life and death, creation and destruction is mindful of you and me. Man, God is mindful of us. It also reveals God is mighty for us. Verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Okay, God, is, God is mighty for us. And let me tell you something. I, I say this often, but I, I, it's, it's true. When, when we stand before the Lord and we see God in his holiness, I think we're going to be like, whoa, whoa. The, the fact that holy, perfect God left heaven to become sin for you and me. That's got to be the greatest miracle of all. That God is mighty for us. Which leads to verse 50. Holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God God is mighty for us. God also shows great mercy. God has shown us mercy. Have you known the mercy of God? What is mercy? It's not giving us what we deserve. I deserve, I don't deserve God to show me favor or or even be mindful of me. But he showed us mercy. And look at this, for those who fear him from generation to generation. As I think about our my life, my Robin and I are watching our nest empty. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things that we long for the most is our kids to walk with the Lord. And, and I hear grandkids are really cool to have. I hear that. Robin and I are expecting a son-in-law coming up in 
I'm just kidding. Respecting a son-in-law. She hates it when I say that. We're expecting. We're expecting a boy. It's a son-in-law. And I think that there's a, there's a possibility. Grandkids are in our future. We're already thinking about what are we going to be called. Um, and oh, I would love to see my grandkids walk with Jesus and know my Savior. And look at this, that God has shown great mercy from generation to generation for those who fear him. Look at this. He, he, she says he, in verse 40, 51, he, he protects the helpless. This is something he does. He has shown great strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. I mean, I mean this, uh, this is a cool picture. I mean, think about the arm of God. The arm of God. Have you ever seen somebody with with big arms, and you're like, man, that would be a bummer if he punched me in the face. Have you ever had that thought? I mean, I've had that thought. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had that thought, but most guys, when they see another guy, they're like, huh, I wonder if I can whip that old boy. And uh, if you get a guy with big old arms, you're like, huh, I don't think I'm going to try. I'm not going to try. Think about the arm of God. Who can stand up against the power of God? And he says, he protects the helpless with his arm. He honors the humble. Look at 52. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. You know, who is mighty compared to the Lord? I, I read this week, there's a guy I like to read named, named William Gurnall, and, and he's an old guy. And, and, uh, and, and he, he mentioned in his in his. Uh, book, his second book on the spiritual armor, when he was talking about the, the, the wrath of God. And he said this, man at his most fury, at his greatest fury and greatest strength is but gentleness compared to the wrath of God. And, and the truth is, man, There's no one mighty. God honors it when we humble ourselves. Look at this. He provides for the hungry. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Now, now the reality is we we, we struggle with probably here in this room. I, 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 I doubt that anybody in this room walked in hungry, like like really hungry. You we 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 could probably not eat for the next couple of days and it'd be good for us. But, but God provides. You know, it's not just the physically hungry, though. Let's recognize the spiritually hungry. Because though you may not be physically hungry, I bet many walked in spiritually hungry. So I pray, God, feed us. God, move us. God, speak to us. And we know that, that wealth is not going to satisfy you. Championships were won yesterday. Uh, Rejoice, our our guys from Rejoice lost in the semifinals yesterday. Our guys from Owasso won the championship last night. Those are great times. Our Sooners, uh, we could have won both ways, our Baptist or our Sooners. We, We were good both ways last night. But you know what? Those championships and those successes, those, those are not satisfying.
they feel good for a little bit. They don't last, right? Those rings and those trophies, those are going to rust and tarnish and lose their, uh, lose their satisfaction. But see, Jesus fills a hunger, a spiritual hunger that only he can fill. Look at this, verse 54. We see that he keeps his promises. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And, and, and you know this, that God keeps his promises, doesn't he? He always keeps his promises. And this is the reality of God. It's who he is. It's what he's done. It's my prayer that we see him. God keeps his word. He keeps his promises as he spoke to our fathers Abraham and to his offspring forever. And look at your point three. We see this in this beautiful song. Mary's song shows how the presence and promises of God inspire faithfulness. See, look at this. Think about this. Verse 30, excuse me, verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months and, look, and she returned to her home. Think about this little girl. She was with, with Elizabeth. They were, they were conversing. They were, they were praising the Lord. They, she had written this Magnificat, this song that, that speaks to the omniscience, the omnipotence of God. And then God used his presence, I believe, in those, that time. God, God used his promises to inspire her faithfulness. Then she returned home and said, God, I don't know how all this is going to work out. I don't know how Joseph's going to receive me, but I'm going home to face it. And guess what? God strengthened her. She went home. She faced it. And the promises of God, the presence of God was with her. Do you know that that's what happens to us too? Folks, I am convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. And, and I am convinced that, that the presence of God, the, 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 that God is, is, is omnipresent. He is with us even today. That, that the omniscience of God, the knowledge of God is beyond my knowledge. So when I confront this, this reality of Christmas, that it, it's a miracle. How could a virgin really give birth to a, to a child? That doesn't make sense. No, look, I, I believe in the omnipotence of God, that God is all-powerful, that, that nature and, 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 and our natural courses of, of, of expectation, of life, of science, God has the ability to break into that and do something miraculous. And the reality is my forgiveness, was, my, my sin was so devastating. It need, I needed a miracle. And Jesus came. And I'm convinced that he is who he said he is. Are you? Are you? Do you know him today? In this song of the season, it's such a beautiful um, picture. Mary went home and faced the inevitable that, Lord, help me. And we know the story. She, she goes home, and, and the angel visited Joseph. He had decided, I'm going to put her away quietly. 
I'm hurt. I'm, I'm, I can't believe it. How can she be, be pregnant? But then Gabriel showed up. Hey, take her. And God took care of it. God kept his promises. I want you to know God keeps his promises. And that's true for us when my family is facing a difficult battle with cancer with my sister-in-law. And it's challenging. It's difficult news. But we sat at Thanksgiving and said, you know what? We believe this. We believe in Jesus and the hope that he brings in life and death. See, Jesus came, and it changed history. Jesus came, and it changed my history. Has Jesus changed your history? I want to be an ambassador to you today and point you to the fact that our God is so big and so mighty, like the song that we sing to our kids. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's, what? Nothing my God cannot do. Will you follow him today? I'm going to ask Joe to come. And I know it's weird today. We're in tables, and but Lucinda will forever be loyal to me today because we're in tables because we don't have to tear them back down again. But isn't this kind of fun today? But let's allow the Lord to move us in spite of our seats being kind of messed up today. It's probably good for us. Would you allow the Lord to move you? Maybe you need to come and pray. Maybe you need to come to be saved. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, he's not my Savior. 